Yo, what's going on, guys? Before we get on with today's episode, I just want everyone listening to this today to make sure you're following us on Instagram at QF Podcast and on Twitter at QF Podcast underscore. And check out our YouTube channel at Quarantine Football Podcast. You know, we post our episodes on YouTube and all that good stuff. And everyone listening today, I want you all to do one quick favor for me. Tell a friend about us. You know, share the link with one of your friends today. Doesn't have to be multiple friends. Could be mul- could be multiple. Could be just one. But tell a friend to tell a friend. Get our show out there. Word of mouth. You know the vibes. Thank you, everyone. And, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. What's going on, guys? Back at you with another episode of Quarantine Football. Like always, I'm your co-host, Ryan, with you guys today, uh, sitting down on this uh, rainy, rainy afternoon uh, in New Jersey uh, here to talk football with you guys. Got my man Nate with us, like always. How's your day been so far, man? uh, My day's been pretty good. Uh, Those of you who watch the show, you you guys know that it's usually a late start for me. That was definitely true today. I woke up around noon. Uh, right, right into lunchtime, which was definitely, uh, definitely a solid feeling to get like twelve hours of sleep, uh, especially if it's consistent. But yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been doing pretty well. Uh, Carlos has been oh, doing he well. Won't, he well won't too. get blocked out by the uh, green screen this time. Uh, I know sure. those who watch the YouTube videos usually we got the green screen in the back with our logo, but uh, today I'm in a different recording location, not the office. I'm in my uh, actual bedroom. As you can see, I'll turn this way. We got the jersey wall back there. Make sure I. Uh, point to it correctly but uh give a little tour on that in the, another episode got a whole lot of all over the place you know room is uh completely messy and uh yeah that's pretty much uh my room for y'all but uh enough about myself because today we have a very special guest on the show my man greg joseph kicker for the tennessee titans what's going on man not much man how are you guys doing i'm doing pretty well today uh how, how's your day been so far man Good. Uh, nothing crazy. Woke up, uh, went and kicked with a couple guys, you know, a couple kickers, punters, snappers this morning and got back here and just been uh, hanging out, waiting for waiting for this podcast, uh, waiting for three o'clock to hit. <laughs> I mean, you know, a lot of guys, I feel like, you know, during quarantine, I have uh, some kicker friends personally. Also, they've all been, you know, putting in work. Uh, what what has been the farthest kick you've made so far, you know, during this quarantine period? Obviously, you know, you're not playing in a game. You're on the practice field. So, obviously, those uh, those 60 yarders might uh, come with ease sometimes. But what what has been, you know, the longest distance you've made so far uh, during this whole break? Um, I've been, you know, I've had a couple training sessions where um, Jason, Eddie, and I get together. Um, you know, we just go at it. So somewhere in uh, high high six. Oh, sorry. Um, All good. Somewhere in the um, no, probably looks like high sixties, low seventies range would be would be my guess. We just have fun with it and go head to head. Sheesh. I mean, I can't even kick like a twenty yard field goal for for my life. So I mean, well, like low seventies. That's insane. Yeah. Um, you know, we the competitive juices get flowing and we have fun and you know it's kind of how we'll end up kicking session especially if there's wind you know the wind helps a bunch because oh yeah 100 percent. i mean wind you know if it's that it's perfect wind you know helps to kick out like you said so 100 percent agree right there but i'm gonna hop right into the question this is kind of a uh, broad question that we like to ask everybody on the show right when we start out and that question is uh why did you start to play football and you know why specifically kickers um so i was a soccer player through mm-hmm. and through um you know soccer is my first love um, and I was playing in high school with every intention. You know, I thought I was going to college for it. 
Um, I was talking to a couple schools and then the high school coach came out and asked me, you know, because I was one of the taller soccer players and he's like, um, would you like to try kicking? And, you know, high school football, it's a cool thing to do. We had a really good team. So I said, absolutely. And, uh, you know, tried it, tried my luck at it. And, you know, obviously I had to work hard, but got better. And before I knew it, walked on to FAU, um, then got put in scholarship and then blinked my eyes and, you know, then in the league. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have some friends personally as well who started out in soccer and they got into football, they started kicking, and they ended up, you know, being really good at it. And, I mean, that seems to be – you're extremely good at it. I mean, you're in the NFL. You know, that that's just like a perfect case right there. You think uh, – or how do you think soccer helped you in terms of, like, kicking? Obviously, you know, soccer, that sport is literally kicking a ball around. Yeah. But, you know, just is the, there any, like, other specific way? No, just the mechanics. Because you have to change up your form big time when you – you know, when you start kicking a football because it's not a round, forgiving soccer ball. Um, so learning the form was tough, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it's obviously a natural translation from one into the other. Um, and yeah, my mom probably wouldn't let me play football if it was any other position because she doesn't want to see me get hit or tackled or anything of the sort. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that's a lot of the uh, the case for, you know, a lot of uh, young children, at least for me. You know, I was never able to play tackle football. I had to play uh, flag football, a little bit of an all-star in that. I won't not, – not to brag, <laughs> but, you know, I mean – being going from soccer to kicking and then having the accolades that you did with uh, FAU, you know, you're pretty much considered the one of the greatest FAU play, football players of all time, holding numerous records. So, I mean, it's extremely, extremely impressive. You know, what, what would you say you know, uh, graduating FAU with all those records really, do you feel like you really left like a legacy at FAU for players to come? Um. Yeah, if I left anything there, I just kind of would like, you know, would like to leave the message that, um, you know, you don't know where, how far hard work can get you because, you know, like many of got the guys going through that door, I went in there as a walk-on, you know, it was like highly doubted going up against a kid that was on scholarship. And then, you know, I was able to uh, to make it happen. Um, you know, I look back on it and just smile because it was, it was a fun journey. I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it for the world at all. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like you said, like you came in as a walk-on and you, you definitely achieved a lot of success at, uh, success at FAU. Uh, I, I just wanted to ask, you know, going in as a walk-on and then later going in as an undrafted player in the NFL, uh, were there a lot of similarities between those two positions? And like, what were, what were the biggest challenges associated with being in those positions? Um, good question. Um, so yeah, there's definitely some similarities because I just, you know, I had it in my mindset that like, you know, this is the way it's going to be, you know, screw it. You've, you've overcome adversity before. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, you learn a lot about yourself during those times and, you know, more so about the man you are as opposed to just sports. And that was one thing that I learned a lot about myself at the Dolphins when I was competing with Jason was um, learned a lot about the man who I was. And they did a great job, you know, helping us kind of grow as men so um that's something i'll forever be thankful for and that's probably you know the greatest thing i've taken so far from from you know the, the sport in totality to be honest yeah and then also like would you say there were like different challenges similar challenges associated with like changing teams i mean obviously you found a pretty good landing spot so far with the titans which is awesome uh great to see but it, it definitely took some movement to get there uh, so were there any like particular challenges associated with just going from team to team? We've heard a lot about that from other guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you have to prove yourself over and over and over again. And, you know, you have to 
be that consistent guy. But um, that's, you know, that's the league. Um, it's, we're journeymen. We, you know, we have to be. It's a, you know, tough position and a tough sport. And, you know, there's only 32 across the whole NFL, um, yeah. you know, during a season. So, um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's the journey. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that all the great, a lot of the greats, too, have bounced around before finding a spot. Um, you know, and it's rare that you find a generational, you know, guy that sticks with the team like Tucker because of how good he is. Yeah, like in so in athletics, I mean, and specifically in football, also, it's one of the only jobs where really you do have to continually prove yourself every single year. Uh, I mean, most jobs, uh, like if you if you're working at like a cash register or something, you know, you don't have to every year. You don't have to prove again. Oh, like you have to try out. Like, can you still work the cash register after a year, or if you're going to a different store, you know? Uh, but as a, as a football player, you have to like constantly be doubted. You have to constantly. Uh, prove yourself and I'd imagine that'd be pretty difficult uh, one of those times where you really did prove yourself was uh, in week five 2018 against the Ravens you hit your first uh, like game-winning field goal in overtime uh, can you take us through your thought process how that felt yeah I mean that that was amazing um, at first you know so I, when I went to hit it um, I knew I hit the ball well I felt I knew it was going in right away um, and then you know a couple milliseconds later you hear I heard a block you know because um, someone got a hand on it um, so at that moment, you're like, oh, God, like, here we go. And then just I remember getting on my toes to watch it go through. And um, I mean, it was a complete. Um, it was a sigh of relief because to see it go through. But it was just complete elation. You know, the stadium erupted. Um, my mom and dad were there to see it. And then before I knew it, you know, teammates were just swarming me. And it was a blast. It was um, it was an awesome experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, that that moment right there, it's just the the amount of pressure that really falls on a kicker. I feel like. Being a kicker in the NFL is probably outside of, I would say, quarterback is one of the most, I guess, pressurized, like, positions in the league. Like, you're you're in positions in games where if your kicks are, you know, game-changing or game-deciding, like, your overtime kick to beat the Ravens, you know, it's just the amount of pressure that kickers have is just insane. And, you know, that one missed kick in a game-deciding moment or a game-changing moment, you know, can really just derail a kicker for the entire season. We've seen it happen with so many guys. You know, how do, how do you think that those moments of pressure really, you know, affect you affect yourself as a kicker and you know do, do you use those uh those moments in games to just you know build upon them and become a better overall player yeah I think um you know when when those situations come about you have to rely on your training so you have to work hard enough to make your bottom line good enough so that's you know one thing I focus on um you know because if I'm at my worst which obviously you never want to be but just say you are mm -hmm. you want your worst to be good enough and that's, you know, that's why I bust my butt, you know, and keep working and I'm going to keep getting better and better and, um, you know, more consistent and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, then, you know, when you completely trust in yourself and have confidence in yourself, that bottom line, you know, just it'll keep getting better. And then you can just relax, take a deep breath and trust in your abilities because you know you're good enough and you know you belong there. Yeah, definitely. You know, uh, here with here with Quarantine Football on our podcast, uh, we we obviously we like to talk about uh, about these guys' careers. You know, we like to talk about your career. We like to talk about your football accolades, what you've done before uh, in the football world. But also because of these unique times, there's a lot to talk about in terms of like personal life. And I was just wondering, with those pressure scenarios, you know, if you miss a kick, something like that happens, how do you personally, how do you separate that on the field happening from your off the field like life? You know. Oh, I mean, I have a great support system. 
Um, you know, my family's amazing about it. My friends are amazing about it. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty decent as, you know, when I'm at work, uh, I'm at work, you know, my focus is completely there, but then when I'm at home, I'm at home, you know, and, um, it doesn't, you know, you have to learn to separate the two or otherwise it'll, it'll eat you a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, being, being a kicker, you know, heavily scrutinized, you know, a lot when we've seen in the NFL, you know, those, those missed kicks, you know, can really uh, piss fans off per se. You know, they get uh, really annoyed when they, uh, their team obviously loses the game, but you know, when we look at the kickers, we see, uh, you know, we only see the missed kick, but, but, and we fans, you know, they kind of go to just blame the kicker for that. And that's really not the case majority of the time, you know, there's the, the people blocking, there's the long snapper, there's the holder, you know, there's just a lot of factors that really go into, to a made kick basically. And, you know, what would you say is just what I'm trying to say is, what would be like the biggest factor outside of the actual kicker in your opinion that really, you know, play the big role in whether a kick is made or a kick is missed? Um, the, definitely. I mean, you need chemistry between you and your guys, you know, the long snapper and the holder. Um, but at the pro level, they're so good at their job that, you know, they, they make it seamless. Like I've been blessed to have great specialists through my career in the NFL, you know, whether it was Charlie Hewitt and Colquitt or, and now I have Bo, uh, Bo and Brett and, you know, they make my job easy. So you definitely need that chemistry between the two that, you know, we've been working hard at this off season as well to, uh, to attain. Yeah, definitely. You know, you talk about chemistry uh, and we were just talking about how there are a lot of components that go into a kick. And I think that like, you know, fans, when they watch, they see the pressure a little bit, they see, uh, I mean, they see that it's obviously hard to strike the ball at long distances in those pressure scenarios. Uh, but what would you say is like the, the hardest part of being a kicker that a casual fan or even like any fan wouldn't necessarily understand just by watching? Um, I think a funny point I saw brought up a while ago was um, if you take someone with a normal job, um, pick out a normal job, whatever, whatever comes to mind right now, say, say one. Uh, I don't know. Uh, a, someone working who, at Wendy's. Working at Wendy's. Okay. Say, say you have someone working at Wendy's um, and then add 60,000 people yelling at them. Um, them and they're trying to get the order and half of them want it, want you to get it right and half of you want want uh want him or her to get it wrong um can definitely you know make her job a little bit harder um so that's i think the average person doesn't necessarily realize that um it definitely makes it a bit tougher and yes you can train for it and we do i um, mean in, in truth i just block out the noise like in the moment i don't hear any of it but you know people any normal person that goes and tries a kick um, they're like, wow, it's a lot harder than we bargained for. And I think that's the truth. Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. Like, people just don't realize how difficult the position really is. And I know you mentioned, like, the, the crowd noise when you're, uh, when you're in those clutch moments trying to make a kick. Uh, what would you say is the craziest atmosphere that, like, you've played in so far in terms of, like, when you had to go out on the field and make a kick? I know uh, a lot of common answers are uh, the Chiefs and the Seahawks. Those, uh, those crowds are insane but what would you say you know personally for you what's the craziest atmosphere that you've played in so far um it's you know the Chiefs is definitely up there but to take you through the postseason that we had this past offseason you know so you go to a playoff game at Gillette Stadium start off you're like wow you know um you know obviously you know Brady's legend there they love their team they support their team um you're like wow it's hard to top this and then you go to Baltimore after that after they've had you know a heck of a year um with Lamar then you, then you hear how supportive they are of their team. You're like, wow, it's hard to top this. 
And then just when you think you can't top that, the next week we go to Kansas City, and that that was that was a very cool experience. I mean, it's hard to necessarily put them in order, but to have a postseason back to back to back like that, man, it was those were all amazing atmospheres and it was playoff football. You know, it was a it was cool to experience for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, playoff football, we all love it, and you know, hopefully we get we get football in general this upcoming season. Uh, what are your you know what's your thoughts on you know the chances of not having a football season this upcoming season because of the um, virus. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm working hard to prepare and preparing like there's a season. I've taken myself through the exact schedules if we still had, um, you know, OTAs and mini camp and all that stuff. Um, but, you know, I do think with the way things are trending in sports, hopefully it does happen. You know, now that the MLS will be back and the NBA is talking about coming back and, you know, maybe baseball. Um, so I think if that stuff falls into place, then we definitely will. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see because obviously this you know this COVID um, you know it's serious and needs to be handled because uh, you know people are getting sick and people need to get better before anything. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, do you think that? I mean, obviously you said that you've been working out a lot with other kickers, stuff like that. Um, do you think that there's going to be an element of like? conditioning that's going to be tough if they have to if they have to rush back at a certain time or if they have to change the timetables how's that going to look like for you in terms of preparation like is there a is there a big difference between like preseason game prep or like practice reps stuff like that like what if there was no preseason would that significantly change uh how you approach the season good question um no it wouldn't because when we kick now at least for me i Every how I start off every kicking session is I go through my pregame warm up and that's just my routine. I do it every single time. I know how many kicks. I know where I'm going to kick it from, um, and I know when I'm ready. You know, and like Brett and Bo are getting to know it. Like, okay, he needs this many, and he's good to go. Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, so that wouldn't necessarily change my you know conditioning for that because if anything, we kick more now than we do during season because now at the time we get to tinker with things and, and work on some form or technique or whatever we choose. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent, you know, I actually just got a notification from my phone on Twitter, you know, since we're talking about this topic, they just tweeted out that the NFL wants fans in stadiums come September, but they might have to sign a COVID-19 waiver. I think, you know, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like they've, there've been so much talk about, you know, whether we'll have the fans in the, in the stand or not, whether it will be a full capacity or 50%, 25%. And I think, you know, whether or not it's full, full capacity or not, that signing a waiver makes sense. And I think, you know, for, for you guys as well, for the athletes, you know, it's a risk of already football is a huge risk of your health, but you know, now that we have a global pandemic virus, you know, going around, it's just like, it's just so up in the air and just absolutely insane. You know, what, what do you think, you know, over on your opinion, you know, having a fan in the stadium, they're not. Um, I think people way more qualified and way smarter than me will make that decision. <laughs> I'm just gonna, you know, be there and try to do my job to the best of the ability, best of my ability either way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just, definitely go ahead, Nate. Do you think that like in terms of, uh, in terms of positions that actually do get affected pretty significantly by, uh, crowd noise you know you said that you black block it out often but uh I mean kickers traditionally quarterbacks traditionally centers a lot uh, sometimes the middle linebacker that's issuing a lot of communications uh those are definitely positions that they do get affected by crowd noise to a certain degree uh how do you think that those positions with communications are going to be affected uh I mean if there's no crowd noise like will it feel will it be a different feeling in game for you um uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure how it'll go. Obviously, I've never been under center. Um, you know, I've never 
you know, I can't really compare to the the kind of crowd noise those guys get. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be different for them unless, you know, like they do what they're doing in soccer, you know, like now over in England, they're playing like the enhanced sound, you know, over oh TV God, so weird. <laughs> or they have stuff going over the speakers, um, you know, um, in the stadiums while the game's going on. So unless they do something like that, um, but yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I'm sure, I'm sure it'll definitely, you know, be a little different for them and take some getting used to, but, um, yeah, I guess we'll find, you know, we'll find out all together. It's, you know, as we're on this ride together. Yeah, I mean, yeah. for sure. It's just like you brought up in soccer how, you know, for the, for the Prem League, you know, now they're playing the crowd noise and it sounds like the crowd is there, but it's just so, it's so weird. And like, I really hope that's not, <laughs> that's not the case for the NFL, but you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, kind of wrapping up the show with uh, one last question, you know, last season, the Tennessee Titans, they, uh, unfortunately you guys lost to the Chiefs in the conference, uh, conference championship game. Are you guys looking for revenge? You know, Super Bowl bound this upcoming season. What What do you think? Uh, you know, what do you have to tell Titans fans? You know, for this this upcoming season. Yeah, no, I know a lot of guys in the locker room are motivated, and you know they're excited for the year, and I know they busted their butts all off season, and you know the loss hasn't necessarily sat well um, with us because no one likes losing. Losing, obviously. Um, I just know there's a bunch of competitive guys in the locker room that are working hard to. Um, it's not necessarily revenge, but it's handling our business and getting better each day and, you know, taking it game by game and going from there. And obviously we got to get to season first, but um, there's a bunch of talented guys in this locker room and I'm excited to get back there and get back to work with them. Hey, I mean, that's the stuff right there. I mean, rooting for the Titans this season. Love, love the team y'all got right now. So definitely, you know, Super Bowl bound, fingers crossed, you know, knock the Chiefs <laughs> off their uh, pedestal right now would be awesome. But with that question, uh, we're going to wrap up the show for today. Greg, I want to thank you so much for being able to come on and talk with us today, man. It was a pleasure having you on the show. You got anything else you want to say before we sign off? No, I just want to, uh, you know, thank you guys, both Ryan and Nate for having me on. Um, you guys run this very well and I, and I appreciate having me and uh yeah, like i said excited for next year and uh wishing you guys the absolute best in your podcast hey thank you man i appreciate that a ton wishing you the best for the upcoming season finger crossed that we have the season uh nate you guys anything else you want to say before we sign off uh yeah it's like thank you thank you so much greg for coming on uh best best of luck to you for uh for the next season best of skill to you for the next season you know uh and uh yeah, that's, that's about it. I hope that we have a season two, obviously. <laughs> yeah, man. Fingers crossed that we do. So I'll, once again, I want to thank everyone for tuning in today and listening to our show. We always appreciate everyone who supports and listens to each and every uh, one of our episodes. And uh, with that, we're signing off. So we'll see you guys next time.